to qualify. Um, for those listening to the podcast, please the following. For those uh, listening to the podcast, please note that you can now attend the kitchen sink meeting via Zoom while the stay-at-home order is in effect in Los Angeles. Go to oalaig.org for login information. Uh, we ask that you keep the focus. Uh, yes, we ask that you keep the focus on your recovery at Overuse Anonymous. You qualify until 9.30 Pacific Coast, Pacific Standard Time. And you will be given a five-minute warning by our timer, who is? It's Ben today. Like I said, Ben today. Um, now I'd like to introduce our speaker for today. Who is? Eric G. Eric G. <laughs> Eric G. That's exactly what I meant. It's all yours, Eric. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, good morning. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. Um, I'm grateful for these Zoom meetings. Um, and even if they don't continue after, you know, with the meeting, I'm hoping that Zoom meetings just kind of, you know, they have their own little fellowship because this is fantastic. I love uh, to be able to do this. You know, I have a, 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 um, a five-year-old and a three-year-old, so be, fair, uh, be warned. I might be bombarded every once in a while, and I'll try my best to stay on topic and stay focused on uh, my experience, strength, and hope. Um, I am Eric G. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I've been in and out of these rooms since 1981. Um, and at that time I was 11 years old and, um, the reason why I came here is because I had a trauma prior to that where my parents, uh, separated and I went to go live with my, uh, stepmother who was actually my dad's first wife that he didn't divorce. And, um, I guess there was something called a common law because my parents were together for a time and I was unplanned, but, uh, you know, um, so I had to go, um, Live with my stepmother and and uh, and her family and her and her kids, which became my siblings. But they, you know, I was almost five, and they were all, you know, like married and already divorced or whatever they were going through. You know, so it's a huge gap right there. And uh, and I'm the product of the other woman, which is just fantastic. So not the Brady Bunch. And um, and then the, the the trauma there was that you know I was four, four four years old and I was taken from my mom and I was taken from my environment and I wasn't familiar with the smells and 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 what was going on and just everything was just so weird and the people were weird you know and just it was just like going to a different planet for me as a child as I recall and I found food isn't that great I found as a child that if I eat uh, food not because I'm hungry. But because I'm feeling bad, because that's all I could think of, you know, I couldn't like address my feelings at four years old. And I felt bad. I remember that. I felt sad. I wanted my mom. You know, I cried myself to sleep at night, that kind of thing. Um, but when I ate the food, I felt better for a moment, you know, and that's that's how I cemented the foundation for my future career as a compulsive overeater. Yay. So. Uh, the food came and, and the food and the food came a lot. You know, I just uh, I had to as I as I got older, it just, you know, uh, it wasn't I, I don't even know if I had problems anymore because I was eating. Yeah, baby, I was eating so much food that uh, I, I couldn't really identify. You know, all I knew is that um, I'm not I'm not normal. I'm not like other people, you know, and I was embarrassed about that and also ashamed, you know, as a child, it, it, it's, it was just it was just you know, it was very uncomfortable walking into a situation and knowing that it was more important to me that I get the food that was in the room than it was to socialize with the people that were in the room, you know, and, and, uh, uh, I didn't know what to do with that. So, um, as I was getting older, I started putting on weight 
And back in the 70s, they, you know, they had this great health kit going on. You know, they had the, the Jack Blaine European health spas were everywhere. And they had all these wonderful diets. And Bruce Jenner was on the Wheaties box. And it was health, 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 health is what I was finding. Well, that's what I was looking for, you know. And my mom was into health and fitness, you know. When I, get to go, I got to visit her on weekends, and she would introduce me to the newest craze. You know, we do all these exercises and stuff like that. And, and my favorite diet was um, – well, before it was a horrible and debilitating disease, it was a delicious caramel. It's called AIDS, and it came in a big white box, and it was delicious. And and it also came as a caramel. It also came in chocolate, which is also fantastic for everybody. And what happens is you ingest this caramel, and it goes into your tummy, and it expands, and then you overcome your spiritual malady, or just you know finish the box, whatever comes second. And then there was this other thing that I love called Sego. And Sego was a milkshake. It came in chocolate and vanilla and strawberry, and it was amazing. And their slogan, say it with me, Sego is great for your ego, which it was, but also even better with a sandwich, I find, or whatever else I wanted to eat. And, you know, and I tried these things, and I, don't, I, I can't say that diets don't work because I've never actually tried a diet because it didn't say on the Sego can, you should have a sandwich with this, you know. It didn't say on the box, you should eat the whole box. It, you know, that was just what I did. I put my spin on it, you know, but I thought if I started the diet, if I was, if I was committed to it, if I was eating the food, then I was on a diet, you know? So I don't know if they worked or not. I don't know. I really don't know. All I know is I was, I was doing these diets and I was exercising and I was gaining weight and uh, you know, it was, it was bad. It was bad. And I, uh, uh, I also needed to focus on my other extracurricular activities, which was to isolate very difficult to do in a big family, but I, I, you know, I was adamant and I'm not a quitter. So I, I did my best to isolate as much as I could. And I, I, I gained the ability to isolate in a room of people. It's amazing. You know, it's like, I'm a ghost. I'm not even there. And, and, uh, um, I, 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 I dedicated myself to this, um, uh, because it, it was familiar and comfortable and, and I didn't realize why I was so miserable. You know, I was, I was getting a lot of food and I was doing a lot of isolation and it was getting worse, you know? And so I knew how to fix it, find the perfect diet, find the perfect exercise regimen, you know, because without, without anybody telling me, I already knew if you're thin, you're happy, thin, happy, period. So if you're thin, stop talking, you're happy. You're just happy. Shut up. You know, I knew that I, I get it. I get it. You're, you're all fantastic and wonderful because you're thin, you know, and I was very belligerent about that. And I didn't, I wasn't like in anybody's faces, but I already knew. And again, nobody told me this. This is what I came up with, you know, and I did a lot of silly things in, in, uh, during that time. You know, I, I ate out of the trash and um, I started to, uh, I, I found out that, um, I don't know if anybody's heard of a, a, a supermarket called Alpha Beta. But Alpha Beta was my supermarket, right? It was, the, it, was at the, it was our big close to the house kind of place. And uh, I went there one time and uh, um, I, uh, I found that if I, if I walk in with my roller skates and then take them off and then I, I sneak a candy bar into one of my skates and then walk out without paying it, paying for it, I get to keep it. And it's free. And they taste amazing when they're stolen. Okay. But here's the problem. Here's the caveat. My stepmother raised me uh, in, in Catholicism, you know, didn't ask me, hey, would you like to experience Catholicism, Eric? No, I was just in catechism on Sundays because I thought at the time I'm being punished. I already went to school five days out of the week and now I get to go to school again on Sunday. Yay! You know, 
but here I am. And, and, uh, all I understood about Catholicism and God was, um, you know, he's, he's taking a, he's making a list of all my failings and he's going to, he's going to show that back to me come the day of, you know, that we meet, you know, that I, that I part this from this world and all that stuff. And, and, uh, and also that I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. These are the things that, you know, and not to say that Catholicism is Catholicism is all about that. I don't really know anything about Catholicism, although uh, other than what my interpretation is, you know, so I'm not putting it down, uh, but that's what I got out of it. And what happened, um, what the reason I'm bringing that up is because one day when I was coming home from the store after stealing something, um, I came around the corner and it was really dark that night. There was a, there was a street light there, but uh, it was very dark that night, I recall. And uh, huh, that's funny. Back in the seventies, you can, they just let you go to the store at nighttime when you're seven years old. <laughs> Don't do that, by the way. That's not a good idea. Anyways, so I'm coming around the corner and then I stopped because God was waiting for me, you know, uh, and my, my head just got filled and I, and I had, I sat down and, and, uh, and, and I, uh, I felt like I hurt his feelings, you know, I, it wasn't like I felt guilty. I felt bad for that, bad for God, because I don't think that he wanted me to steal. And I just started crying, you know, and I never shared this with anybody. This is one of those things I was going to take to my grave, but, uh, um, that's the time. That's the day that I stopped doing that, you know, and and had to make a, some kind of change in my life with regards to that. Not to say that I was going to do anything about the compulsion, but that's something that definitely affected me, you know. Um, and so I had to stop that, but I had to then figure out other ways to do it. So you know, I I, I continued to, you know, I would like I get little jobs and uh, you know look for pop bottles and and go to uh, uh, the trash cans to look for. Uh, um, you know, um, aluminum cans and, you know, I'd recycle that stuff, get money and everything, every, all my money, everything went to the food. I needed more food. I had to have the food. There's got There's, there's just gotta be more, there's gotta be a, a way that I could do that, make that happen. And also I had to lose weight, had to lose weight, had to find a perfect diet, had to find the perfect rate. I, there's a lot going on for this little boy, you know, and, and it continued on into my teens. And I went to, um, an eating disorders treatment facility when I was 15 because I begged my parents to send me to one because I figured that's the answer. You know, you, you go to a facility where they treat people for this thing, you know, and what happened was they took us to over ears anonymous. They did that every single day. They insisted that we work on something called step one and they had an outline of how to do that. They encouraged us to get a sponsor and follow that sponsor's direction. And, uh, um, I just thought, well, there's going to be a diet, right? Cool. That's what I'm here for. And then there was a diet. We had a, we had a nutritionist and we had a person that, you know, took care of us, our, our, our exercise needs and helped us to exercise in a way that was healthy and that wouldn't hurt us, you know, and it was fantastic. And I lost weight and I felt good and it was great. And I'd go to these meetings and I'd hear the message and the message was, you know, get a sponsor and follow direction. That's what I always heard. That was the big message. And I was, and I thought to myself, no, <laughs> but thanks for offering. I appreciate that because I'm not as bad as you guys. You know, you guys are, oof, woo, you need to be here a lot. In fact, don't go home. Stay here. You guys are, you guys need help, but not me because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fantastic because I, I don't know about any of you out there in, in, uh, in the uh, atmosphere right now, but uh, by a show of hands, have any, has anybody ever sponsored themselves? Anyone? <gasps> Yeah, Michael, Pamela, Jack, Righteous, Carol, fantastic. Yay, Sandy. Isn't it great? Isn't it amazing? 
You don't have to. That's right, Carl. You don't have to run it by anybody. Should I eat this? Yes, you should. And then you eat it. It's fantastic. You know, and, and everything. Should I go to this place? It's kind of scary. No, go there. Eric, you're going to be fine. You're amazing. I trust you. You know, and I sponsored myself all the way through this process. I was going to these meetings and not getting a sponsor and not listening to the not 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 picking up the twelve steps and the twelve traditions and the twelve concepts. I didn't want to do I didn't want to do any of that stuff because you know why? I got this. I got the gist of the information. You know, I got the idea, and that was okay, and that was enough, and that was okay, and that was enough because of our blessed third tradition, which states the only requirement for OA membership is an honest desire to stop eating compulsively, you know? So I had that before I met you guys. I didn't want to be this way. I was embarrassed. I was humiliated about why I needed to be a certain way, why I acted and thought and behaved a certain way, you know, that was different than my fellows and my family. And, and, uh, I had that. And so that's all that I can do. And that was enough. And that was okay. You know? I needed to compulsively overeat on the way to the meeting and compulsively overeat on the way home. You know, that was okay because I kept coming back and I was always welcome here and I never felt judged. And I'm really grateful for that, for this fellowship and the people in it. And, and so I continued on this path until um, I was 19, 19. Uh, I found I, uh, I, I, w- I was really bad off and I came back in the program. Like I was, I was coming and going, you know, and uh, uh, at 19, I thought, you know, I'm going to I'm going to definitely do something with this. And I think I might have gotten a sponsor for a minute, maybe a day. Maybe I called somebody <laughs> and then maybe I never called them again. And that was my you know, that was my dealings with working the steps until I was uh, in my 20s. I think it was in 1994 that uh, uh, I, I hope I'm not going all over the map here. You have just... five minutes left, Eric. Thank you. 1994, this man approached me and says, uh, would you like, would you like me to sponsor you? And I was like, sure. You know, I've been coming and going in this program for a long time. Let's give it a shot. And I, and he sponsored me and it was fantastic. And we were together for about a year and I lost a bunch of weight and I learned the steps and the traditions and everything was great. And until it happened, you know, and it was, I, um, was, I would be taken aside after the meeting, Eric, you lost so much weight. You look fantastic. And I would say, yes, yes, I do. And, 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 and people would say, man, what you said, it was these, these words, it just it penetrated me to my soul. And it was so great what she said. It says, yes, my words are amazing, aren't they? And that was relapse. I was superstar Eric in my own head and, and uh, started accepting the credit for God's work in my life way before I took that first compulsive bite, you know. And as the book says, it's a progressive illness. It gets worse over time, never better. So I was Audi 5000. I left program. I, I didn't need you guys anymore. You know, and I stayed away until I, I, I put on um, a few hundred more pounds. So when I came back in 2005, I was 540 pounds and uh, um, getting ready for a wheelchair. And that's always fun. I wasn't even in a car accident or anything like that. I just I ate so much food and isolated so much and had so much inactivity that I could not keep up with the weight gain and got myself a sponsor. Um, when I came back to the program in 2005, because I knew that's what I was supposed to do, not because I. I wanted to get spiritual, you know, or apply the steps or whatever to my life. You know, I had no intention of that. Just want to lose a little weight then I don't have to get a wheelchair, you know, and, and life is going to be just fine. But by the grace of God, I stayed, you know, I've, I've been in programs since that time. And, and in that time, I've given away 352 pounds. And uh, I have a I have this big, beautiful house with my 
my beautiful family. I have a, I have a, a beautiful wife. She's sleeping upstairs right now because the kids kept her up till three o'clock in the morning. God bless their pointed little heads. And uh, um, yeah, I've got a three and a five year old and they don't know anything about who I really am. They don't know that I'm a compulsive overeater or what that means. They, they, they're alcoholic foods. Get this. They don't call them alcoholic foods. You know what they call them? They call them food. And they do this weird thing, this weird practice where they're like, they're, they're eating a sandwich or something. And then they go, well, I'm done. You can throw this in the trash. I feel like, you know, are you guys from another planet? Are you adopted? What the heck? I, I literally throw, I throw away so much. I can survive on the food that I throw out that, that, cause I can't eat this food because it's not on my food plan, you know? But uh, it's amazing, you know, I've never felt a love like this before in my life, and I don't think I would have that ability to do so if I wasn't in, in program. And the only reason that I have what I have today is because I have a sponsor, and I followed that sponsor's direction. If you're new, I'm so happy that you're here, you know, and when you're ready to do this thing, that's what we do. You know, the people in recovery, like myself and others, we, we have a sponsor, and we follow that sponsor's direction, and you don't have to do that today, and you don't have to do that for me. And you don't have to do that for anybody else but yourself. You know, the reason I'm here is not because I have kids and a family. It's because I need help, you know. And so I'm here to look for that. And I'm, and I'm here to receive that. And I know that I can get that here. Thanks for letting me share. Um, this is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader um, are his own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you have a question, please click the raise your hand icon. Carol will call on you and you can then unmute and ask your question. I was going to ask Eric, would you like me to call on people or are you good with looking at the hands and calling on yourself? Um, you better help me with that. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, all right. So Lori has had her hand up and she was first. Lori, you just need to unmute and... Uh, Hello, uh, I'm hoping everybody can hear me. Um, Eric, I have a question. I've been in program about five years, but every now and then my my conscious contact with God wanes in terms of um, just kind of take trying to take my will all the time. And I just wondered, um, coming from a religious background, as, as you did, I have a good concept of God, but just wondered how that changed for you and how you keep your conscious daily contact up. That's a very, very good question. Yeah. Um, so when I came back to program in 2005, um, I had no connect, con connection with God whatsoever or a higher power of any kind. The only time I ever reached out or talked to God at all is at nighttime when the pain was great because it's, it's painful to be overweight. Um, and it was, it's extra painful at nighttime. Uh, and, uh, um, so that's the only time I actually had any conversations with God and it was mostly, you know, begging you know, please help me kind of thing. Um, but uh, when I came back to program in 2005, um, uh, I got a sponsor, started following direction, and I didn't have any kind of, again, I still didn't have any connection whatsoever with God or a higher power or religion of any kind. So I borrowed his because I knew that he had faith and that he believed. I knew that, you know. So I, I, I didn't ask, by the way. I kind of stole it from him. Uh, and... Uh, until I could find my own. And, and what happened for me is um, when I started taking contrary action on my own, you know, I, I, uh, I knew that that was God because the only thing that I'm capable of is isolating and compulsively overeating. 
But if I'm, if I'm abstaining and if I'm on a meeting with you right now, if I'm making an outreach call, reading the big book, writing, you know, sponsoring people, being of service to the people I come into contact with, all these things that I just said are contrary to my nature. And it's elegant proof that a higher power is with me. And it fills my heart with joy and, and, and love to know that I'm taken care of in this regard. Hope that answers your question. Thank you very much. Okay, we uh, we have another person coming up, but I just wanted to, I forgot to um, read your voice may be audible on the podcast. We record just the audio only. So just know that um, you might you might be audible. So if you are not comfortable with that, don't answer, ask a question. And Tamika is the next one with her hand up. Hi, Eric. My name is Tamika, the Silver Eater. Thank you so much for your lead. It was awesome. And I have... I have two questions. One, um, how did your um, abstinence or, you know, not your abstinence necessarily, but how you take care of your program change when you had um, kids, um, like the practical stuff? And then a kind of like a follow, like a related but second question would be, you know, as a hundred pounder, um, if you've ever, you know, had times where you found yourself eating more or whatever, like, or even like within your food plan, choosing heavier foods consistently, like how have you consistently over the years made decisions that helped you to stay in maintenance with your food plan, like food and not food related? Like what were those decisions? What were those flashpoints? How did you do that? Um, well, with the kids, thank you. Um, with the kids, um, it was, uh, honestly, it was just not something I, I, I put much thought into, you know, my wife says, do you want to have kids? I'm like, I don't know. I, honestly, I didn't know. I never took care of myself. I never thought of myself as a caregiver or, or somebody that can take care of anybody else. You know, I truly didn't believe that that was in, my, in the cards for me. But I, I work. I've been working on myself for a while. You know, I I can bring something to the table of relationship. You know, I and not and not just take or or, or you know put you know uh, read people's minds kind of things. You know, and I've had so many horrible relationships outside of recovery, but in recovery. You know, there's there's more honesty to it, uh, and and it's uh, uh it put me in this it put me in this mindset to to be open to having children. You know, uh, do I do do I want to have kids? I don't know. I'm I'm still a kid myself. I just I just I was just born in 2005 when I got a sponsor and started following direction. You know, I I had to rely on my wife to guide me through that. Um, but uh, um, it turns out that I can be of service to my children because I learned how to be of service in program. You know. And it's, and it's uh, something that became more important to me than anything. And, and I never felt a love for anything else, any, anybody or anything that I've ever come into contact with. I don't love, love anything as much as do my kids, you know? Um, and I, and I know that I, I know that that came from this program. I know that came from working on me. Um, and uh, uh, for the other question, I'm sorry, Tamika, can you come back in and, and kind of guide yeah, me? Um the other question, thanks uh, for that. The other question was about as a hundred pounder. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, maintenance. Oh man, I hate maintenance. I, I in the beginning it was just so easy. The sponsor said, "Eat this," and I would eat that, and then I'd go to bed, you know. And then he cut me off. I I, I lost the weight. I lost all the weight, and 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 time had passed. He goes, "Okay, now you you're on your own. You learn how to do this. You know what to do," and. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I, I definitely went through a phase where I was eating too much food or too little food, you know, but mostly just too much food, 
yeah, <laughs> let's get let's get real. I'm a compulsive overeater, you know, but uh, but not compulsively overeating, but you know, adding too much, and my and my and my weight kind of fluctuated over the years. Um, but I found that um, for me, um, I needed the qualification. So bef- even though I've been in you know recovery for a little over 14 years, before I put food in my mouth, I text it to my sponsor, you know, and then I eat because it just it just works easier for me. I I tried it and it doesn't it doesn't work for me to hold on to that. I I had to give it away. I had to give that responsibility to somebody else because I you know it it doesn't matter how much time I have in program. I'm a compulsive overeater. I need help all the time. You know, and that just, and now I can, I have, I have free, I'm free to move about the cabin. (laughs) Next up we have Nat. Please unmute and ask your question. Good job, Ola. Nat. Natalie, compulsive overeater. Sorry. Hi. I just was wondering, um, I feel like my disease is like really, like I get really hard on myself. Like I feel like I have to like do everything and like, I don't know, just do a bunch of stuff in order to like feel okay, which obviously isn't true. I just wondered if you have any experience with that and like what you might've done to sort of overcome that. That actually is a very simple uh, answer for me um, because I am exactly that way. And I still feel that way. And I I think that goes, goes in line with uh, me not sponsoring myself. You know, I have a sponsor. I follow my sponsor's direction no matter what, because you know, like, like, for example, when I get on the scale, I, I weigh myself once a month because I have to have a physical inventory. We've got to face the truth of, of every aspect of my recovery. And so um, just before I get on the scale, you know, I go through the, the craziness, you know, the anxiety, the fear, you know, oh, my gosh, I gained a million pounds and all that stuff. And then after I get off the scale, um, maybe if I walk more, maybe if I exercise more, let's cut my food in half and see, you know, and all these things go through my head. But the important thing for me to remember what keeps me centered is I'm not sponsoring myself, you know? So no, no matter how I think that I, I can help me, I can't, uh, I need help. And, and, uh, so I, I turn to my sponsor, I rely on my sponsor and, and, uh, I don't rely on, on my, on my crazy thinking that, uh, you know, I, I have insane thoughts. I, I'm a compulsive reader and I'm insane. You know, that much is true. Also, I'm in recovery. I'm a compulsive overeater. That's not compulsively overeating or acting out compulsively only because I'm following my sponsor's direction. It just, it just got really simple for me. Thank you. Okay, Michael Blanc is next up. Hey, thank you, Eric. Uh, it's great. I like your enthusiasm and your sense of humor is the best. I like it. Um, I was just wondering, what, um, what, what specific fears do you have now that you're not using food to anesthetize yourself? Hmm. And... Um, and how does those fears maybe bring you closer to your higher power? What fears do I have? Gosh, you know, um, gosh, I, I really don't, I really can't put that into words. It depends on the day of the week. You know, <laughs> my, my fear comes from a lack of faith in that moment, Michael, you know, and, uh, uh, there it's, it's mostly unfounded and it's not based on reality. You know, um, my fears, and I don't know that they've ever been based on reality, um, uh, because, uh, my, my fears are, are things that, uh, um, I believe my, my, my disease uses my fears to keep me in that state, uh, of, of, of mental, you know, awkwardness. 
so that I can continue to seek out other avenues to overcome my fear other than, you know, working my program, you know, and what I do when I'm, when I face with fear generally is I pray, you know, and, and then I um, get busy with my day, you know, I mean, cause it comes up all the time. I, 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 as a result of working a program, I get to feel everything and fear is a part of the process. It's not something that I, I need to avoid. You know, I don't avoid being angry. I don't avoid my fear. I don't avoid, you know, all, you know, all the feelings that I might feel, but the way I process them is much different today, you know, and, and, it, and it comes in, uh, in no short, uh, um, reasoning because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's easy to follow my sponsor's direction. Um, it's hard to follow mine. You know, it's my, when I do things on my own and I, and I, and I turn to, um, answers from within, I, I generally, you know, uh, am, I'm going to hurt myself in that, in that, uh, in that regard. And I, and I try to take contrary action with that. And with regards to the fear, I, I do run to my sponsor. I do run to my higher power. I do run to my fellowship and I, you know, I, I do, I use the tools as well. You know, I'll do whatever it takes to, to not justify taking that first compulsive bite. You know, and fear is definitely one of those things that'll lead me to the food. Also, being awake turns out. Anyways, thank you. Uh, next up is Reike. Hey, uh, Eric. Thank you so much for um, for your lead and for your honesty um, and your humor. Um, a question is: as you were um, at your highest weight, went you know in two thousand and five. Um, what was it that made you sort of take a U-turn? What made, you know, what are the steps that you used or what are the activities or things you did to keep faith um, all the way down the scale um, as you made that U-turn? My sponsor, you know, my sponsor is, it, it, it's a, uh, uh, everything came down to, he had to, he had to guarantee me on a daily basis that if I did what he said, I was going to lose weight because that's all I wanted to do. I don't care what people say. It's not about the weight. It was about the weight for me. You know, my sponsor said something stupid like, you know, you've never had a problem with food and you've never had a problem with weight. I'm like, look at me. What? <laughs> I, can, I can't even stand up for more than three minutes. You're telling me my problem's not my food. And he goes, no, you have a problem with the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave. You Eric, know, you have uh, five more minutes. Thank you, sir. And, you know, uh, it, it all comes back down to my sponsor. And it, it seems like all the questions that, that are asked come down to, you know, making sure that, hey, don't go in there. Sister wants privacy. Follow. Because, because she's going poop. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she is. Get your hand out of your pants. Okay. So, because uh, uh, it, when I follow my sponsor's direction, all is well. All right, we have Carrie up next. Hi, Eric. Thank you for that. Um, growing up in the 70s, I definitely rec recognize a lot of what you said, and Catholic. Um, my question is, it sounds like your sponsor is amazing. How, I'm only eight days in. How do you find a sponsor? I'm, I'm having a, I guess I'm getting even anxiety, like, how do you know if you, make, if you, if you match with someone, and how do I do that? I feel like <clears throat> the meetings I've gone to, I keep saying, looking for a sponsor, and I'm not hearing anything. But I, and then I'm even like, even if somebody approaches me, I don't even know if if I want that because I guess I'm so used to being my own sponsor. That's right. So it's a scary thing thinking of take, giving over that power, but no one's even approached me. So how how do people go about that? And it sounds like you've had a couple different sponsors too. So 
maybe you could give some guidance on that. Yeah, you know, with regards to sponsorship, um, if you're if if a person is ready to to make a change and to work mm -hmm. the program, I would highly recommend getting the person that's in front of you that says I'm available. Now that mm -hmm. relationship may not be a good one, but mm -hmm. as long as you are not sponsoring yourself immediately, you know, I think it's most important yeah. to do that because this is your program, Carrie. You know, if it doesn't mm -hmm. work out, if you don't feel like you're getting anything out of the relationship, you let that person go and you find somebody else. You know, a lot of people I've been okay. sponsoring for many years and they use me as a stepping stone, you know, because not everybody likes to mm -hmm. work the, program the way I do it. Totally cool. You know, what, what, mm -hmm. uh, what you, how you work your program is, is totally up to you. And, and um, I would, I would just say uh, you have to take advantage of that moment. You know, you want to do this thing. If there's somebody that has a, you have a phone number and it says sponsor, <laughs> call that person, ask for help, see if they, they can get you started, you know, right away. And okay. then, and then just, you know, like I said, um, if it doesn't work out, Bene, find another one. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. You got it. Uh, we have a couple minutes left, but I don't see any hands. Um, okay, honey, I'm coming. Oh, I just have one, Jackie. Jackie? I don't know if I'm Hi. saying that. Hi, I'm Jackie. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Jackie. Hi, I, uh, Eric, I just find your, your, your share is just driving home to me. Thank you so much. Uh, it was just fantastic. Uh, my question is, um, I am now at step 12 and um, I'm going to take the big step of becoming a sponsor and I'm really afraid of that because I'm afraid of making a mistake. How do I get started? Um, you don't have the power to um, hurt anybody in their recovery, Jackie. You know, I've, I've, I've worked with people for many years and uh, the reason why they've been successful in their own recovery is because they're working the program. I don't do anything but facilitate, you know, um, and it's and it's the highest form of service that we can offer in our fellowship is to sponsor somebody. Actually, it's the second. The highest form is to start a meeting. Start a meeting is up here and then down uh, right right here in this area is sponsorship. You know, uh, it's an honor. It's a privilege to help people. And uh, um, I think that uh, the, mo the main focus that you should take away from sponsorship is how much a sponsee can help you in your own recovery. You know, a sponsee will call you and talk about themselves. And then you're going to talk to that sponsee and you're going to say, you know, this is my experience, strength and hope and what I would recommend you do. And in that moment, when you're making that recommendation, you're not talking to your sponsee. You're talking to yourself. You're saying the things that you need to hear, you know. Because you need to make a phone call. You need to go to a meeting. You need to qualify your food. You need to be honest. You need to have a relationship with God. And these are the things that you'll be talking about with your sponsees, you know. So I would, I would uh, consider just going into this, you know, it, with, with faith that, you know, uh, your, your higher power is going to guide you in this relationship. And whether the person, you know, does well or doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that you give your time. Thank you very much.